0: my beautiful fro faithful today is your day i want you to seek out anyone in your group chats on reddit on twitter anybody who has suggested that jared allen is an expendable component of this cavaliers team because today is our day i know what you're saying you're saying bob it's the holiday season Shouldn't we just be reveling in a victory which seemed like a certain defeat? Shouldn't we share in the collective joy of the fan base? Yes, sure, all of that. But also, I have been waiting six months for a day like today, a historic day, a day only three men have equaled in this century. 24 points, 23 rebounds, six assists, nine offensive rebounds. Who's done that? Joachim Noah. Back in twenty twelve. And then Carl Anthony Towns did it in twenty eighteen. Now there's a new do everything big man who has joined that club. Is it Nikola Jokic? No. Is it Joe Allen Beat? Certainly not. Is it Jared Allen? You bet your fucking ass it is. So to all of you who suggested that Jared Allen was expendable, in the words of Latrell Sprewell. Oh, that's real nice. So strap in for a musical anthem before 20 solid minutes of me sucking Jared Allen off. Soundboard me! Well, did we talk about Draymond Green straight up for Jared Allen? Just straight up. Take Draymond. Just a straight up trade. I was trying to think who would say no to that. And I, I think Golden State. Ah! <laughs> I'm the definition of... Endless pro-love, stacking dubs, J.A., that's what's up. Trade the fro! Oh, oh, fuck no. Suggest that shit and you gots to go. Get out! Dimes and dunks on top of punks. Second chance rebounds piling up in chunks. Gorgeous! He's still here, you're witnessing the best. Between him and the rim, you're about to get wrecked. Called him soft, you dudes are lost. and you wanted him out, he's the secret soul. Now it's just him, we don't even have mobile. I deserve to be blown! And blow me. Get it right, man. Jared was the key. Yes, sir. Big to big action. Reckon pick and roll D. It's official. Your trade talk was dumb. Cavs win. Shut down the trade machine, you fucking bum. He ain't going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere. He can't be stopped now. He's a Cavs boy for life. Welcome. To the Fear the Fro podcast. And what a night for the namesake. What a night for all Cavaliers. It's not just about Jared. I'm just a petty man who began there. But our journey will take us all over the roster tonight. From Isaac Okoro to the fourth quarter heroics of Karis LeVert. To, of course, Craig Porter Jr. Undrafted rookie to starter because of our injury plight, as it were. But tonight, what a glorious victory. Maybe... The most satisfying of the season. I am a prisoner of the moment, but in a season full of joy, I would gladly throw out all of my Christmas presents for this one beautiful gift. On the Fear the Fro podcast, I'm Bob Schmidt, voice of Fox Sports Radio. Thank you for joining me. So, uh, it is as good a place to begin as any. Jared Allen, in the midst of a fantastic stretch of basketball, in the absence of Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley, one which has seen the Cavaliers string together five victories in six attempts, the only blemish being the Pelicans game. But Jared Allen, certainly a man amongst boys tonight as he dominated in every capacity. Now, the Cavaliers themselves were no slouch. Jared Allen accounted for half of the offensive rebounds of the Cleveland Cavalier team, which accumulated 18 this game. That is an insane amount of offensive rebounds it would be a good night typically if i told you our starting point guard had four offensive boards of his own craig porter jr bravo but 18 ties the cavaliers for their season high they've done it four times this year and shockingly i figured it was amongst maybe their best performances of all time no not even close not remotely close jared allen just an absolute monster and the second chance opportunities created by the cavaliers pivotal in coming back from 20 points down at one point. The Cavaliers trailed 50 to 30 in this game, but despite that, despite a 20-point first quarter from Luka Doncic, the story of this game came down to basically two things. Second chance points and four Cavaliers in particular. Jared Allen, we already spoke of. Craig Porter Jr., huge in this game. Karis Levert, Pivotal in the fourth quarter. Led the way in the comeback. The 15-0 run by the Cavaliers. It doesn't happen without Karis LeVert and Isaac Okoro. Steady throughout the whole game. His defensive effort. While nobody's going to shut down Luka Doncic, he worked his ass off. And he knocked down three-pointers again, a night in which we needed an efficient shooting performance because Max Struess was nowhere to be found this evening. You got big outings from behind the line from Isaac Okoro, Karis LeVert, and George Yang. 14 three-pointers between those three gentlemen, all shooting better than 50% from the floor. Those two things rebounding, and the three-pointers that we made, they combined to help us overcome what was an incredible start to the game by Luka Doncic. Now, a lot was to be desired from his supporting cast, but I do want to point out a couple of guys who I thought played fairly well alongside him. The stats may not be indicative of this, but Dante Axum late in the game was very important. Now, it wasn't enough to prevent the Cavaliers from this incredible comeback, but... Dante Axum actually led the Mavericks in fourth quarter scoring, and this is a guy who the Cavalier fans know very well. He is now in the starting lineup for the Dallas Mavericks after being out of the league for a couple of seasons, and he did not miss a shot in the fourth quarter, but that was not enough. And that was in large part because of the man who he helped bring in via trade. Don't forget, Dante Exum was the man who was sent to the Brooklyn Nets and then routed to the Houston Rockets that brought back Jared Allen. So if not for him... That 24, 23, and 6, it wouldn't have happened tonight. And in the end, Luka Doncic and his 39 points, seven boards, six assists, it wasn't enough because most of those came in the first quarter. The Cavaliers seemed to adjust and they managed to keep the people out of foul trouble you needed to keep out of foul trouble. It felt like Craig Porter Jr. was the only one who got sat down after committing a fourth foul late in the third quarter, and they needed to preserve him because he was absolutely incredible. Maybe 1A, 1B with Jared Allen to begin this game. Allen came out of the gates fast. By halftime, he'd already had a serviceable line for an entire game, 12 points and seven boards, but it didn't end there. And now for the second time in this stretch of games, Jared Allen has eclipsed 20 points. He did it when the string began without Darius Garland against Atlanta. And now in these six games, 18 points, 13 rebounds, four assists while shooting over 66% from the line. He is playing phenomenally well. And we talk about this all the time. Can we get by without him? I love Mobley as much as the next guy. The guy has been an iron man, but without Jared Allen, how do you think this stretch would be going? with only one big man who is now shelved for the next six to eight weeks, how do you think we would be doing? And here's some stats coming into the night. This does, doesn't reflect today, so they may be even better after this. But over the previous five games before this one, Jared Allen led the league in paint touches, and he was fourth in front court touches. Do you know who was first? Max Strus. Jared Allen, in this stretch, has been playing incredibly well. He had A less efficient night tonight in terms of his shooting from the floor. But coming into the evening, the previous five games, he was shooting over 71% from the field. So in this six-game stretch, Jared Allen has been absolutely unbelievable. And with the games we have on the horizon, I mean, he will be tested in this next game against the Milwaukee Bucks. But then we've got a runway as a Cavaliers team for some victories, because it gets especially light. A back-to-back against the Wizards on the horizon, followed by the Spurs, we could stack some wins. And right now, the Cleveland Cavaliers sit at 6th in the Eastern Conference, just ahead of, you guessed it, Knicks all day, every day, from the day I was born to the day I die, The New York Knicks, sitting in the play-in, a half a game back on us. So, we can make some noise here. This is our chance to eclipse the Orlando Magic, who are just a half game back on both of them and the Heat. We could be the fourth seed in a matter of days. Now, I've spent the better part of the last three weeks traveling for work. I got Christmas parties and stuff. And during that stretch, all of these terrible things happened. Yes, I have podcasted. I ranted about Donovan Mitchell. But in general, you didn't really get to witness my whole emotional journey from uh, despondency to Uh, Excitement to see some of these bench guys, to now just elation to be without Donovan Mitchell as well as the other two guys. It's ridiculous to think the only member of the core four who's there is Jared Allen, and yet the offense looks so good at times. Look at all the guys who are not typical hubs in the offense Isaac Okoro averaging 14 points, four boards, and four assists in his last six games, and he's shooting over 42% from outside the arc. Four triples tonight. Two of them were huge. When we let that 9-0 run go in the second quarter to allow the Mavs to take it to a double-digit lead at halftime, that was bookended by an Isaac Triple on both sides of that run. If not for him showing up in the second quarter, it would have been an even larger deficit. He kept the Cavaliers just close enough that they were able to chip away and take command by late in the fourth quarter. Now, he's not the only one. Coming into the evening tonight, Dean was averaging 12 points in six boards, and he was doing it on 54-52 splits. 16 three-pointers in a five-game stretch. Karis LeVert, who started the season absolutely on fire and then went down with that injury, well, this stretch here may vault him back into the six-man-of-the-year campaign because in addition to the fact that JB is rolling with a starting lineup that doesn't feature him, despite him sometimes being our most productive scorer, that is three times in these six games in which Karis LeVert has top 20 points, and he is averaging 19, 5, and 3 on, again, from beyond the arc. That's three guys all at that wing position, all chipping in, multiple three-pointers. 16 threes from Karis LeVert, 11 threes from Isaac Okoro, and 17 from Dean Wade. Now, to Craig Porter Jr., okay, so he's not the three-point sniper that these other guys were tonight, but good God, did he run the offense well in the early portion of this game. Late in the third quarter, when we subbed him out after that fourth foul with about four minutes left, I was praying that he would get back into the game soon, and they checked him in. You could tell that JB felt the same way because we didn't even make it to the end of the third before they inserted him back in the lineup. And coming out at halftime, there was nobody who had more energy than Craig Porter Jr. He was on Luka for part of it. He was generating steals. He had two steals in the first 30 seconds, not to mention a two-handed dunk. And even though we didn't get one of these this game, we've seen a couple of them this season already. The spinning turnaround fade away from the baseline. It seems like an impossible shot when I watch it. I wouldn't hit anything. You can't hit the backboard because of the angle. It basically has to be a swish, but it has airball potential written all over it, and that seems to be a shot the guy has in his bag. The fact that the man only shot once from outside the arc and yet another game where we took 40 outside looks and I didn't consider him a detriment to the offense. I thought he was the most... Pivotal part in terms of unleashing Jared Allen and and collapsing the defense and getting it out to the shooters, who many of our shooters were knocking down a high clip today. So that's 32 assists in four games, eight assists a game since he started logging more than 25 minutes a game. And I don't know how at this point whether Ty Jerome gets healthy or not. Craig Porter Jr. is playing himself into that territory where I'm sorry, but you lost your job to injury. And and I like Ty Jerome and I know he's got size, but truthfully. Craig Porter Jr. plays so much bigger than his size. He's not afraid of contact at the rim. He contests everything. He's surprisingly quick jumping off of two feet. And I had a feeling this was the case, but I looked it up anyway. The only guard to record double-digit rebounds to come out of this year's draft class. The last time it happened was in the rookie seasons of Cade Cunningham and Austin Reeves. Josh Giddy did it a whole bunch of times. But it's pretty rarefied air, and all the guards are big. Josh Giddy, Cade Cunningham... LaMelo Ball, Josh Hart, all guys who are known as prolific rebounders, and ours the smallest amongst all of them. Plus, additionally, one of the things I love about his ability to seek out contact is he's not going to finish everything around the rim. Certainly, he gets stuffed or has to alter his shot plenty, but a lot of times, the contact he creates takes the guy that's trying to contest his shot out of rebounding position. And it's creating second chance opportunities for your guys like Jared Allen and Tristan and even Craig Porter Jr., sometimes recovering his own misses. So that's a skill I appreciate after watching so many kind of outside arm, high floater off the backboard shots from your Max Struces. I mean, do you remember that Oklahoma City game we lost where they ran that out of the sideline after the timeout play where Evan Mobley got it on the wing and handed it off to Struces and he just threw up this leaning, falling down, high off the glass shot that we missed. Those are shots that they're difficult to live with sometimes because it almost always takes the guy out of the play. And the way that Craig Porter Jr. goes at the rim, a lot of times it keeps him in the play, even if he misses the shot. So I loved his game tonight. And the stat line is, of course, absurd. On a counting stats basis, this would be the kind of fantasy line I would die for if I had a big team because multiple steals, double-digit rebounds, seven assists to lead the team, incredible outing for Craig Porter Jr. That one-two punch of Karis LeVert and his scoring late in the game, and then all the creation, all the ancillary contributions from Craig Porter Jr. You combine those two guys, if you could tell me that I'm going to get nearly 40 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists from my two primary ball handlers, I would take that. I would take that in a heartbeat. And six triples from Karis LeVert more than makes up for the fact that we didn't get one from Craig Porter Jr. tonight. And can we acknowledge the fact that Karis Levert could not miss from the left elbow? Every time he got the ball in that position, it felt like it went in. And I and I checked, he did hit five of his six triples from that left elbow. It was similar to what we saw on Christmas Day from Luca, where that right elbow, he was unconscious. He knocked down five triples. Tonight, much worse luck for Luca, going three for ten from outside the arc. And the rest of the team, even worse. If tonight was a battle of Tim Hardaway Jr. versus Karis LeVert in terms of of six-man-of-the-year candidates who have been mentioned. Well, Karis vastly outperformed Tim Hardaway Jr., who was just one for five from outside the arc and four of 13 overall for him. The rest of the starting lineup outside of Luka Doncic chipped in just two three-pointers on 12 attempts. Everybody not named Seth Curry and Luka Doncic sucked from outside the arc. And it is interesting to watch the fall Of Grant Williams, who tonight was pretty bad. He took a blocking foul that they originally ruled a charge on Karis LeVert, but a timely challenge from JB. I didn't think at full speed we were going to get the benefit of the doubt on that, but I did agree with the overturn call, and it was pivotal as it sent Karis LeVert to the line during that stretch where the Cavaliers were mounting a comeback. Grant Williams went from the prized offseason signing to a player who is being eclipsed for minutes by Derek Jones Jr., a journeyman who's been moved around several times, and Dante Exum, who wasn't even in the league. And when Kyrie comes back, certainly the outcome could be different. But Seth Curry, on an absolute tear to start this game, knocked down his first four shots, had 13 points before he missed, finished the game as the second leading scorer for the Mavericks. Whereas Grant Williams contributed absolutely nothing after halftime, missed every shot, committed three personal fouls, uh, and did not score. Now to Isaac Okoro. Okay, obviously, tonight, he had his work cut out for him and Luka Doncic, and I saw some strays thrown his way as Doncic opened up with 20 points in that first quarter, despite the fact that we were doing a lot of switching. I mean, Jared Allen saw time on him on the perimeter. Dean Wade did, obviously, got two early fouls on him, and Isaac Okoro saw time, and seemingly, nobody could slow Luka down very much, but as the game wore on, he had more and more success, and in the first half especially... I thought he was incredible offensively. He made five of his first seven shots and both misses ended up being offensive rebounds anyway. The only shot he missed in the first half was a pretty obvious foul by Luka Doncic that went uncalled. So excellent when we needed him. And again, knocked down corner threes. Three of his four looks from those corners buried them. And the Cavaliers definitely needed it because Max Struess had an incredibly quiet, First half, one in which he got three personal fouls and found himself playing limited minutes for a guy who's logged the most minutes and played the most games of anybody in our starting lineup. Foul trouble tonight kept him largely from being any kind of factor in the first half. Now, I think that's primarily the story of tonight's game, but I'm loving this stretch where we're getting extended run from these guys who may find themselves. I mean, when everybody comes back, as excited as I am to have this team healthy again, it's also kind of a bummer seeing these games where we're getting nearly 30 minutes out of the undrafted rookie, and he may be back into a very limited role, despite what he's proving now. So I'm hopeful that all the confidence that is being built with these wins and these extended looks that everybody is having and the usage that they're all getting to command. I mean, we've seen Dean Wade score 20 points. We've seen Okoro score 20 points. We nearly got a 5 by 4 for Craig Porter Jr. If only he could have got a couple more steals. And Levert looking much more like the Levert of the early season. I hope that it carries over when we're fully healthy and we start to string together a very productive second half of the season. But as it sits now, the Cavaliers 8-4 and four in this month, they're looking like they could match their record from last season or outdo it. Last year in December, the Cavs were 9-6. and six. This year, they're eight and four. So even if you think we're going to lose this Milwaukee game, Toronto is after that, then a back-to-back in January with the Wizards, followed by the Spurs, it's a good stretch of games for the Cavaliers to notch some victories. And this is all despite the fact that if you look at our starting lineup, this is a more macro look at, at the team as a whole. Almost our whole starting lineup has played less than they did last year. Last year, 30 games before the new year for Garland. This year, he's only going to have 20 on worse splits. Evan Mobley, a better season from a statistical standpoint, but 15 less games than last season at the new year. Donovan Mitchell will log 11, 12 less games. I guess it depends when he comes back, if he makes it back for Milwaukee, but he's played nearly 10 less games than he did last year at this point. And he's been worse in terms of his efficiency. Jared Allen, very similar, more productive in terms of his efficiency and points per shot attempt. And then Max Struess, he was an Man last year. He's our Man this year in terms of play. But to see a team that was already facing a lot of injury challenges in past seasons be even more injury riddled this year, it is such an encouraging sign to see the bench stepping up the way it is in this stretch. Five wins in six attempts. Jared Allen playing absolutely dominant basketball. Craig Porter Jr. inching his way further up the ladder, the rookie ladder. Soon he will be a top five candidate. Might even make an all-NBA rookie team. I think it's entirely doable, given what we've seen so far. So next up, the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll do another podcast then. I'm back in my home studio. A lot of traveling for Christmas. Thank you for bearing with me. And thank you to everybody who checked out the... Uh, Well, what was just me bitching and moaning about Donovan Mitchell trade rumors? Those have aged well, haven't they? (laughs) Ha 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 ha! Fuck you! Now, as I throw around profanity willy-nilly on the internet where it'll live forever, that brings me to another subject, which is uh, recently... I mean, this also contributed to my sparse podcasting schedule over the last week because uh, Mrs. Fro and I had to tell our parents and loved ones that Mrs. Fro is with child. There is a fro-baby on the way. It's a girl. Boo! No, no, I'm very happy. Please, don't boo soundboard that I control. The naming is just much less fun when you can't call your child LeBron Schmidt or Mark Price Schmidt or Zadruna Schmidt. Those are all off the table. However, if we put our heads together, we can go back through basketball reference, look at the Cavalier rosters, and figure out some sort of gender-neutral Cavs referential name that I can maybe sneak in there as a middle name where my wife will be none the wiser. Because while I do worry that my future child will someday find this podcast and realize what a piece of garbage that I am, I know if there's one thing I'm 100% confident in, it's that my wife will never listen to a podcast start to finish about basketball. And if I just bury all the questionable material at least five minutes in, I am the only one who will ever hear it, besides you degenerates. So join me in um, tricking my wife into naming our child after some sort of Cavalier basketball player, will you? Thank you. This is the Fear the Fro podcast. I am Bob Schmidt. Please leave a rating and a review if you have not done that. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. All of those things. Go Cavs. Okay, that's enough. Stop it! This has been another Fear the Fro podcast. That was pathetic. If you enjoyed what you heard today, put it on the highlight reel. Please consider subscribing. Check out fropod.com for more Cavaliers and NBA coverage. That's what's on display here.